Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's DCNews35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Hello and welcome. You've arrived to the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 118. This is my second try. Don't ask what happened on the first one. I'm going to blame allergies, maybe residual allergy medication. Maybe you should tune in just for that reason. It's good knows what I could do next. Like, really, like you might even just want to stick around for that. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I'm the guy who's a little maniacal right now, but that's okay because I've got someone to balance me out. My even keel for the last three weeks, it's just been me and Mr. Brad Flicky. Brad, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good. How are man. you doing? <laughs> I'm so good you're doing good. I'm grateful to have you back, man. I swear it's like it's just been you and me. We're gonna create some sort of like us speak, and by the time everyone else comes back on, they're gonna be like, What? Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> What's that word? You guys are like, I don't mind. And we're gonna be like, yo, dude, you gotta get in, you know, hide mine. What happened? Like, get back, get back, get back. you know, get Yeah, we it. miss you guys. Yeah, man, Steve, Kelly, Kendra, Josh, Damien, we miss you all. Come back. Come back soon. I, I think they might start mutinying. I, I'm not saying, but I have seen messages. Maybe it's in smoke. Maybe it's in the cloud. Maybe I don't want to talk about it all right now because, man, Brad and I have so much stuff. Josh has lined up an amazing news list for us. We're kicking things off with the fact that the Suicide Squad has some news about its rating. So, uh, you know, our rating. Come on, Brad. Were you seriously surprised by this one? Or is it just sort of like, yeah, dog bites man. I don't know. What do you got? Well, I certainly wasn't surprised that it got an R rating, but I am kind of surprised that there is a graphic nudity disclaimer as part of the reason why it got that R rating. So that is going to be interesting. It's probably the first superhero movie ever to get an r rating with uh, graphic nudity so i don't know what we're in for here but uh knowing james gunn it's probably going to be played for some kind of humorous effect so we'll see but yeah i uh i am not surprised it got an r rating uh what about you yeah i uh i have to wonder like which character could be the most involved i kind of want it to be the character that you really don't want or expect to be the graphic nudity like the article <laughs> right the article suggests king shark that's great but uh oh goodness i mean there's a couple other characters in there that it would be kind of hilarious like okay i don't know what it is but recently it seems like john cena has been getting naked a lot 
in, in <laughs> film. I didn't see the, uh, <clears throat> you know, word blockers movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not or, you know, how that falls into. But there's a scene that I did see because it stuff like that's always on at my brother-in-law's house. I love him for that because I get glimpses of stuff. But I'm like, all right, I don't want to see that ever. Thanks. <laughs> but it's him doing like a beer bong in the butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, for starters, that's yeah. a crazy scene. Second, why is there so much time dedicated to John Cena's butt? Like, on, like, how is it? You know what I mean? So I almost feel like he's like, hey, I'm kind of in his zone right now. My body's as good as it's ever going to look. Uh, you know, like the window's closed. You know what I mean? In right. years, things don't look the same. You don't want to see it on camera. He doesn't want to see it on camera. But maybe he might go for it. Or uh, who's the comedian from SNL who's going to be paying uh, Black? Oh, uh, Pete uh, Davidson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's somebody like that where he's like, I don't want this any more than you do. I don't want this any more than you do. You know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of like, oh, man. Like, you know, someone who doesn't feel comfortable naked or is just doing it for, like, the complete number of laughs of it. Where you're like, this isn't sexy. This isn't, like, you know, the graphic nudity that, you know, when you were, like, a teenager in junior high, you're like, ooh, wow, there's going to be, like, you know, something saucy going on. So, yeah, I feel like comedic appeal, but... Sounds like you have some add-ons there. Well, I was going to say, given that we don't exactly know the extent of Nathan Fillion's character's powers, but it seems to involve body parts coming off and possibly exploding. So that could be played for humorous effect in the graphic nudity department as well. So it could be an appendage tossing at some point, you know, like totally unexpected, like, wow. Okay. Hey, dude. Like, way to, you know, hey, guys, we may have taken it into the gutter there, but it wasn't intentionally. James got forces there. There's nothing we can do. Right. Exactly. Dragging ourselves back up and out is the fact that Suicide Squad has also given us its UK release date. Steve, this is why we want you on, man. This is, like, where we, you know, are like, hey, can we have our guy from across the pond, like, chime in on this? Because it seems relevant. However, we're going to make do with me and Brad. Brad, he always sounds so good. What do you got, man? Thoughts? Uh, you know, it's going to be – well, first of all, I just have to say that I'm glad for, you know, our British brothers and sisters that they finally get to see something early. It seemed like it's always a toss-up, a question of when and how they're going to get some of this content. But, you know, this is good that we know it, that they're going to get it, and they're going to get it early. I just would not want to be in charge of stopping spoilers from leaking early. Because this is coming out in uh, the UK in July, like a July, what was it, 30th or, you know, so, somewhere late in July, whereas America does not get it. Yeah, July 30th. Um, but the US does not get it until August 6th. So that's that's like a whole week. So that's all in, in, in Internet and spoilers. That's like a an eternity. So, you know, if I. A suggestion for American fans, if you don't want spoilers, stay off the Internet for that week until uh, until you get to see it for yourself on the 6th. Now, what about you? Yeah, I it'd be nice. I actually I have this feeling that if you're on any of the platforms, you're going to see like a, a campaign maybe a week before it comes out in the U.K., Saying, like, please respect other fans. You know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. seen that recently with some big hits where they're like, hey, um, either I'm checking out because I don't trust or people are like, hey, 
make a pledge to, you know, not be a jerk. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've gotten pretty good at being decent human beings during a difficult year. Let's, let's not like move into 2021 halfway and be like, yeah, time to be who we used to be or time to just not care about other people. You know what I mean? So right, right. I'm looking for something like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, overall, I do have to agree that, man, it's nice that the UK gets the, the first dibs. It's, uh, you know, not always the case. So uh, I'm pretty glad for them. And we're not done with Suicide Squad news. That's right. We're just going to keep it going. Are you still thinking about characters that you want to see naked? Are you talking with your friends about it? Are we possibly judging you for doing that? No. Why judgments? Who needs it? Who needs guilt? So uh, just to shift it away from that, we also have to consider the possibility that graphic nudity could be involved in somebody's death, which would definitely be like all over the place. Why? Well, that's because Suicide Squad director James Gunn says almost all the characters will die. Uh, Brad, what do you think about this, man? Like, you know, I'm definitely getting that dirty dozen feeling. Yeah, you know, I can't help but think that he's messing with us in some way. Um, I, and I kind of brought that up and we've talked about this <laughs> little before. Bit. Like, what if, you know, what if everybody lives and he was just he was just joking the entire time? Or maybe everybody dies, but in some way comes back at the end. Um, so we'll see but it it does look like from the trailers that there is that that group that's kind of walking in front of the american flag with weasel and mongal and um uh blackguard and uh some of those characters javelin so if i was a betting man i would say that those characters are going to be the ones first to go and even if all those characters die you're still left i think with almost half or over half dying so uh you know we'll see (laughs) i I, i'm going in though i'll tell you totally willing to accept the fact that probably the only one who might make it out is is harley so there you go Uh, what about you yeah, you know, I mean, you, you pointed out, I think, last time we talked about it, maybe, or maybe a previous time, you know, the fact that we don't know what's happening with the timeline regarding the Cena spinoff. So it, he could be someone who doesn't make it out as well. There could still be the spinoff on HBO Max, but it, it could deal with a, a different time. Superheroes and villains are notorious for coming back to life. So, yeah, they could all die, and then they could all come back. You could totally be messing with this. I think that's actually something... He uh, revels in, I might say. Um, <laughs> uh, I think overall, what, what you got, man? I feel like you got more. Come on, come on. Oh, you know, I no, I, I just I don't know if I have more, but just um, I'm kind of going in with um, no expectations on who's going to die and who's not. Um, uh, just like the graphic nudity, though, I think some of these deaths are going to be played for comedy relief. Um, so it's James Gunn. We're, we're in good hands regardless. So I just, I, this Suicide Squad is probably my most anticipated, uh, movie of 2021. So I am just, I'm ready to go. Uh, so who lives, who dies? I just want a good James Gunn movie. I'm with you. I uh, I think overall, you know, one of the things that I'm going to dig the most is how much my imagination, like I'm already picturing like somebody having like a really erotic scene with the weasel. Weasel? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what if it's like, you know, something kind of wild where I, who knows? Uh, so in the meantime, I'll just have some fun like 
matching up uh, javelin with people, mongo with some people, finding out somebody's got a you know interesting predilection where you're like, oh, that's your kink. Gotcha, gotcha. Had no idea. So you know, I'm gonna keep having fun with that. Who lives? Who dies? I'm I'm gonna walk in pretty much with the feeling that okay, everyone's gonna die. Some of them might make it back. All of them might stay dead. As I mentioned before, I remember the Dirty Dozen. And then the next Dirty Dozen, or the sequel, which was kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the concept of the sequel, which was everyone's like, did you take a bunch of guys out and they all died? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so that's the gig for me. And he's like, yeah. And then we got a movie. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I was like, wow, I'd hesitate. Like, uh, I don't know, man. Unless you got that Amanda Waller thing in my neck. Like, this really doesn't sound great to me. Uh, what I do love is the fact that we still have some Suicide Squad-esque news to include. In fact, one of them is the possibility that James Gunn is interested in other DC Comics projects, characters, storylines, more. Brad, where does this uh, where does this story take you to, my friend? Uh you know, I am uh, going back to the Guardians of the Galaxy. They were are two of my favorite Marvel movies, and that's because of James Gunn and his aesthetic. And that's one of the reasons why I am so excited for the Suicide Squad and would, would you know, definitely make me excited for any characters that he wants to take on. However, what personally what I would like to see him take on would I, I could see him doing a really cool take on the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, or Justice League International would be fun to watch him take a crack at. Uh, what about you? See, this is why the hive mind, man, because like that's exactly where I was going to. Blahaha League, especially with like the shenanigans of Booster and uh, Blue Beetle, who you just need to have in costume in live action, and also that that feeling that I think he could really tap into, which is like <sighs> we are so not superman batman wonder woman and batman's around for a little bit so that could be interesting if if you you know make sure you include that but also the feeling of like and then there's our you know green lantern and just like the stuff between you know beetle and guy which is just great and all the material plus you know you've you've just got the great sense of comedy whether it's uh you know rocket or uh fire nice or all the other little things. I mean, there's so much rich material there. It's great. I love your take on uh, on Legion. That would be a really fun one. I think I think he could really have some fun with that with so many great characters and how well he utilizes special effects for like yeah. comedy, other emotions. You got more? Well, I was just gonna say what and the Legion are kind of lesser known, and he does such great work with lesser known characters. You know, going back to Guardians, he's made them household names, and I have a feeling that once Suicide Squad comes out you know polka dot man and rat catcher 2 are going to have a lot more higher profile than they do now and weasel and you know characters like that so and, and he's so good at sci-fi that he's proven so uh, legion would be perfect and like you were saying with justice league international the humor uh mm. is so good and on point <laughs> and if he would have i mean it's a that's a long shot i know but if you would take a crack at justice league international i hope he would take a lot of inspiration from the book because there was such great stuff there. So, so, Oh, it's it's completely rich, man. Yeah. And, uh, even just thinking about like how he could also take some other ones that 
are lesser known, but would be an awesome thing to see. Like, uh, oh, and uh, hey, Matt, Matt Boyd, this is for you, champ. Like, you know, or Matt Lloyd, Boyd. Hilarious. I just mixed up two last names with two different people I know. That's always fun. But they're both called Matt. So Matt Lloyd lives in L.A. Hey, Matt, this this was almost about you. Matt Lloyd, this is for you. What about the Terrifics? Okay. And then also for a fun one, what about Challenges of the Unknown? Which I think would be, oh, yeah, like be a great, a great time. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And then finally, I think his take on Metal Men would be genius. So yeah. Those are yeah. those are my initial three, like right off the top of my head after we talked about International and uh, Legion. Those would be my next ones because unknown characters, you know what I mean, utilizes a lot of the great strengths. Plus, they need, you know, they need to come on because you bring in Magnus and, and Metal Men and you can start connecting things more and more to the Shazam and Black Hat. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, anyways, that's my that's my rant, folks. <laughs> you're welcome to mute as I go completely off. No, the I think I think you're on to something. <laughs> thanks man i appreciate it see see uh yeah i think i think that's pretty much you know i could probably get into a few more but those are the ones like right off the bat i would really dig plus terrifics has such a great cast like mr terrific uh with metamorpho we oh and an outsiders oh crap i would yeah, totally see. dig an outsiders by him yeah. We could do a whole podcast on just what we think right. James Why? James Gunn should uh, should direct. <laughs> Dude, seriously, and teams. Like I could even yeah. see him doing an awesome Justice League Dark and and just like blowing it out of the water. And yeah, like b- between Man Bat and everything else, just like having a ridiculous. And John, like between him and Constantine, like oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we were given a certain amount of time to talk about this. We're not going to go too far over that. <laughs> However. We do get to keep talking more movie news because our our man Josh, I swear, he pulls together the amazing list. We've got flash set video, and it 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 lets us know that there's some things we've heard about that are actually occurring, and um, that's my teaser. Brad, what'd you think about the story and what you saw? Yeah, you know, I think that we are kind of looking at what is going to be Wayne Manor in in the film. And it just makes me wonder just how much Batman are we going to get? Maybe Batman's going to play a bigger part than we realized. Uh, it's hard to say, you know. But man, with the, with with this Flash movie, it, it's just so nice to see it off the ground because it was I, for the longest time I felt like we weren't going to be, you know, we weren't going to see this movie. There were so many problems and just delays and things like that. Rewrites and new people attached, but we are now finally definitely moving along. Um, Yeah. And I I hope that, I kind of hope that we do get to see a lot of Batman. I, I kind of prepared myself that the whole Keaton thing is going to be more of a cameo situation. But uh, who knows? And maybe he's there. Maybe Keaton's there now. So that's why they had to film this, you know, first or where, you know, at this point. So, um, yeah, um, I just I just want to see this movie and I want more news. (laughs) Uh, What about you? Man, yeah. I mean, you know, after the long dry spell of, of Flash, you know, the TV show in the 90s and just nothing like I just. I was so disappointed when it got canceled and then it was so long until, you know, we finally got the great, you know, CW series when they, 
you know, tease with Arrow. Like I was watching Arrow for a while up to that. And it was like, oh, it's happening. And then with this movie, I mean, you know, everything seemed to be just not working. Then there was that crazy weird video about, you know, uh, Ezra, like somewhere else, like choking someone, which I never understood, like how that showed up and never was more serious and was supposed to be a joke. And you were just like, what next will derail this thing? Like, my goodness. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, um, I'm going to probably ruin his name, but Muschietti. Um, yeah, I think that's. Close, Close enough. Or, yeah. All right. Or fair enough. Right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't do elocution that great, but, you know, I get around. I get around. Yeah. Like, I felt like his passion has been really evident from the beginning. And he's really been, like, the engine. You know, maybe it's just the hamster in the wheel turning the big thing, but I feel like he's really been driving forward this. This scene is great because it shows what is, you know, speculated to be Wayne Manor and then this, like, billowing smoke. But, I also feel like there's going to be a certain degree of freedom where, like, maybe this is just a great location shot. and Maybe it still ends up being a cameo. But who knows what the level or value of a cameo can be when done correctly. You know what I mean? I mean, some characters can come on and for one to two minutes, they change everything about a movie. That's that's all it takes. Yeah. And then he's set off on this path. Um, I like the fact that it's actually happening, as you mentioned. I love the fact that we're getting footage. That means things are moving that means, you know, it's 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 not just a dream. <laughs> and that can be a really comforting feeling. And I think the door's kind of opening wider for just how much more we could see of Keaton, how much more his role could be, um, you know, a large I'm, percentage. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad the theaters are opening and will be open for this because... This is going to be one of those moments, I think, that if you're sitting in a movie theater with other people watching this, when Keaton does appear, people are going to go nuts. Oh, I totally agree. Like, major fan fest. Like, big old good old time. (laughs) I definitely think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, man, I I definitely love that fact that you you can start talking about going to the movies again. uh, It's been a while since that was an option, so it's, it's huge. You know, that it's becoming more and more of something where you're like, oh, yeah, you can see it in the theater. It's great. <laughs> this is definitely going to be one of those you're going to want to see. I mean, for me, just the flash, but but also Keaton. Like, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And we've got video from the flash, but we've also got some photos from Batman, the long Halloween. I always get a kick out of these and all the things you want to try and maybe pull out of them. Brad, what was your takeaways? Uh, I, I think, I mean, these these pictures certainly didn't give anything away. Uh, we do get our first look of what Batman and Catwoman are going to look like and Renee Montoya and uh, Jim Gordon and, uh, you know, Harvey Dent before it becomes Two-Face. And yeah, so the, you know, the character designs are on point. I'll say that. Uh, but you know what jumped out to me about this story was the list of things that are going to be included in the uh, Blu-ray, including one of those other DC showcase shorts of the losers, uh, which actually this, this group of the losers takes place um, in world war two, which seems like this is so much fun. Yeah. I'm really anxious to see that, that, um, that short. And we are going to get a peek also looks like of uh, the long Halloween part two. And a couple uh, classic episodes of Batman the Animated Series. So overall, this is a pretty impressive package to get when it does come out on Blu-ray. 
Uh, what about you? Yeah, definitely not the spoiler feeling from these images. I mean, it's yeah. nice to get a sense of the tone and the art. That's always kind of a fun feeling. And o- overall, you're just sort of like, okay, these could be anywhere at any time for any reason. They're, they're definitely not. And yeah, man, I'm totally with you on the whole Blu-ray thing. Caught my attention immediately with the losers at the. I was like, oh, oh, well, that, that that that's compelling reason to uh, get involved. I mean, I, I loved recently when they were doing the uh, death metal and and rock was there in a couple of different iterations. <laughs> I think anytime you get a chance to bring them into a store, you're gonna have fun. Smart that they're gonna include the uh, the teaser trailer, um, Lance sneak peek, whatever you want to call it for Batman uh, Long Halloween Part Two. And then, of course, a couple classic episodes if somebody just, you know, wants to feature that. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little set. I'm I'm pretty pleased with, uh, you know, what it's offering. And overall, it's it's hard sometimes when you see these images and you're like, I want to be able to take more. But for the most part, all I can say looks good. Looks good. (laughs) Um, Keeping in mind the fact that there is uh, plenty more to uh, share on the movie side is that Zack Snyder is. Letting us in bit by bit, bird by bird, with uh, or two, what was the plan for uh, John Stewart beyond that quick little uh, appearance that was possibly going to happen at the uh, end of the Snyder cut? What did you think about what he sort of describes John Stewart doing and, and what his role would be, or as he describes it, his jobs in the movie? Brad, uh, I love the idea of. Um, John Stewart bringing the core together to help fight Darkseid. Uh, in the DC universe, I don't think you could fight Darkseid really without the help of the Green Lantern Corps. So I think that is a cool idea. And this this is something that should have everybody still screaming, you know, save the Snyderverse, because this is a great idea that I would love to see come to fruition. And I... It's still, you know, don't count it out quite yet. Um, you know, Warner Brothers could still turn around and say, OK, continue. So maybe down the road we will get to see this uh, see this happen. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I would actually say, you know, Warner Brothers can, you know, give the green light at their discretion. That's the, the power they have with a lot of these different things and there's a a degree of of having to sort of let them you know flex when they want to but i i also feel like there might be a timing issue when i when i was listening to what you were saying you really sort of got the gears going and i thought well what if they could feel like they could get away with it after the flash movie what if the concept of the multiverse omniverse uh can be presented enough in a way that the freedom is sort of given like they can stop holding their breath so much about what they're you know committed to or what they're agreeing to or what what is allowed or included or counts and then say okay just like dc comics did all stories are viable all worlds exist and all can be told in film or whatever medium we end up you know choosing to tell their stories then maybe they would feel a little bit more comfortable about saying, hey, okay, let's go ahead and go forward with a sequel to the Snyderverse because now there's many verses. We're not trying to, you know what I mean? I mean, Mm. 
I, I can't say what the logic is because clearly they certainly didn't look very logical after we got the numbers in for Snyder Cut after years of denying. So I, I'm sure that there's some sort of safe strategy in their minds, and maybe this is part of it. But uh, I also feel you you really nailed it there, even without all that. Don't discount the fans. Look what they did this year. Okay, look what uh, look what could happen, just if uh, you get enough fans going persistent. Because clearly, they uh, they don't mind the long haul, and uh, they're into it. So uh, <laughs> I get a huge kick out of this one, as I also get about the uh, clamoring for another character who is someone that I know I would love to see appear, and apparently. Margot Robbie has been petitioning a Poison Ivy, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, some sort of recipe combination, but definitely bringing to life a classic character that I think a lot of DC fans would love to see in film. What did you think about this uh, story about her, you know, making the pitch, Brad? I I love this idea. And, um, you know, and, and she... Her her portrayal of Harley has become very iconic and is up until the Snyder Cut was a uh, you know one of the pillars of DC on film was her portrayal of Harley Quinn. So I would say listen to Margot Robbie, uh, and I, I think that this current DC cinematic universe, whatever you want to call it, is missing a poison ivy i think poison ivy is is such a fun character and there's a lot of things you can do with the character uh you know just look at at her in the animated harley quinn series and how how much we all like her when we're talking about her on the madlib podcast it would be great to see something like that come to film and i and i like the idea that she thinks it would be fun to explore kind of like the romantic side of their relationship which is really cool too because that could be a lot of fun especially given that in you know bird of prey her and joker are completely done so it would kind of be fun to see her kind of find love again and and find her way and and figure out her her heart with poison ivy so i say i'm I'm all for it listen to margot robbie dc if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) what about you yeah i i I think that would be a a stroke of genius and the example you pointed out should be you know a major selling point look what happened when we got to see her bring all that cool and that fun to uh harley quinn you know what i mean and how much we enjoy talking about her character and how much more we want to see that version of the character or any version of the character appear in cinema with margot robbie and see the great chemistry between them. I mean, hey, you know what? You're out there. Send us your casting choices. Let us know who you would love to see take on the iconic role. Who do you think A, would be a great Poison Ivy, B, would have great chemistry with Margot Robbie? We'd love to hear about it. we tell you all the ways at the end. And we're going to leave you with that to think about because we've got to take a quick ad break and keep you up to date on all the fun things you can find right here on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And then, of course, we'll be right back. We've got TV streaming news and some comic book stories to bring your way. Stay tuned. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal 
from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNews35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show, we're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. 
check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And as I promised, that ad break, it's over. We're back. We're here to talk more with you about TV streaming news. By we, I mean myself, your host, Seth Singleton, with the amazing, the immeasurable, Mr. Brad Felicki. We have worked our way through the movie news. We are kicking things over to TV and streaming, and we've got some spoilers regarding Batwoman Season 2 and a character we were literally just talking about. <laughs> Brad, what do you think about this story and, uh, you know, who they're talking about appearing or at least hinting at? Or, I don't know, what'd you get from this story? I, this just brings to light, once again, how great the Batman characters are. That there are so many to choose from and they can be interpreted in such cool ways. I would love to see Poison Ivy also in the Batwoman series. And I, I did see the episode and those game show questions, those quiz show questions were really fun. And I tried to like answer along with them while I was watching the episode. And it was so, so cool to see Poison Ivy's name pop up. And also, I got to say that, you know, last last week we talked about our first look at um, uh, at Stephanie uh, spoiler in uh, in the episode. And I asked about the whole, you know, the the tattoos that were on her on her body and now it makes a lot more sense after seeing the episode so i'll just clarify that so if you haven't watched the episode uh it's it's a lot of fun but um yeah i i'd love to see poison ivy come into uh into bat to the batwoman show uh, what about you i love the idea of it i love that there's these hints and suggestions and you did a wonderful job teasing without spoiling all of those things people can enjoy by checking out the episodes for themselves and you know discovering what you learn when you were watching i uh I, i'm always curious what the timeline is going to be from when a character is suggested to when we actually get to see them appear so that's the only thing left for me is like okay now that it's been brought into the conversation when does when does Ivy show up? Because, yeah, I'd love to see an Ivy, uh, a version of Ivy appear in television just as much as I would love to see one in movies and more animated projects. Hey, DC, I'd watch a Poison Ivy show. Gotcha. So uh, however you guys want to bring it about, make it happen, I, uh, I'd enjoy it. And I don't think I'm alone. In fact, I'm pretty sure I just glimpsed Brad Flicky raise his hand. No guarantees. And somewhere out there. There's like a, a tremor in the force and Kelly, Kendra, Steve, Josh, Damien, and all the rest of the DCN team are like, oh yeah, word. I don't even know what he said, but word. So with that, we're going to shift on over to more TV and streaming news. Have you not been keeping up with Superman and Lois? Guess what? There's a catch up marathon right ahead of the mid-season premiere. You can catch it all on TNT. Brad, have you been keeping up or is this something you're going to take advantage of? Uh, I am all caught up, but I love the idea that this is going to give people who aren't a chance. Uh, and it just goes to show to the buzz around the show and how how big it is at this point that uh, TNT felt necessary to air a whole marathon of the episode so people can catch up. I just I love it. It's just another reason why, you know, it's a great time to be a DC fan. So if you're listening and you haven't watched 
the first half of Superman and Lois uh, first season, definitely do it when TNT does uh, does the marathon before the debut of the next uh, episode. Uh, what about you? Definitely. And also something that they recently had on, I'm not sure if it's still on, but they were recently showing all the episodes on HBO Max for a limited period of time. So it was like you had all these great places where you could catch up. Um, and if you miss that, guess what? There's the TNT Marathon. You can be a part of the fun. Um, and it looks like it looks like if you time it right, you might even be able to, like, you know, maybe grab a shower in between once or twice. No guarantees on that. So plan accordingly. But starting on May 15th, uh, well, you can get your fix. And now, of course, something you can judge if you are someone who is particular about the music they're going to hear, especially in a musical episode, is the revelation that Lucifer has revealed every song in its season 5B musical episode. Quite the list of classics. I, I know there were, I, I'm not going to lie, I recognize every song. I could probably sing it for you right now. But then we've also got Mr. Fuluki. What do you think about this list, man? Well, I think it's a pretty fun list. I can't wait to see how they integrate No Scrubs into it. And I'm hoping <laughs> that the hell is this Squirrel Nut Zippers song from the 90s, because that would be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, this is gonna, This is a fun list. Um, and, you know, I was trying to remember what song it was in that little clip that we talked about a few weeks ago i think it might have been another one bites the dust but yeah this is a this is a fun list so uh wicked games another one bites the dust every breath you take bad to the bone no scrubs hell just the two of us smile and i dreamed a dream uh what about you yeah they kind of had me at wicked games like just yeah you know chris isaac crooning or or a rendition of that you know just really sort of fun little saucy um it, there, there's a lot to be had there and the rest of the the songs are just great unfortunately just the two of us has now become you know either uh the will smith remake or the uh austin powers <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> moment with dr evil and mini me uh yeah. in so many ways it's it's so transitioned from what it originally was but the version they do smile great one i mean yeah there's a there's a lovely list and i think you pointed out a great topic uh, what will be the time, the scene when No Scrubs makes its appearance? Because Bad to the Bone has been used many, many times. Every breath you take, that could be creepy, because it kind of is, and stalkery, or it could also have like a really fun play. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had here. I, I love it when uh, when they let you know this, and you can just sort of let your brain play around, right? Like it's good, clean fun for the most part. I don't know, maybe I'm just making that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so as we continue along, um, you know, we're, we're not always going to get political, but sometimes politics is going to work its way in. And when it comes to this story, well, politics with a, a little bit of a chuckle. And that is the news that DC's Legends of Tomorrow will be featuring Mr. Dwayne Johnson, <clears throat> The Rock, as president. In an upcoming episode, I feel like we're missing some people who would definitely comment about this if they were also here with us today. Since they're not, it's just me and Brad. Brad, what do you think, man? Uh, you know, there is 
there must be a subconscious desire in pop culture for him to be president or at least run because i don't know if you've caught any of young rock but kind of the um the setup for the show is that he is running for president in 2032 and he is telling all these stories from his youth so this is at this point if he doesn't run at some point people are going to be you know what the heck so yeah, we, I guess we all want, you know, the Rock to run for president. But I think it's a funny idea, and it just kind of it goes with the whole, you know, quirky tone of the show. So it'll, you know, it'll be a fun episode. Now, what about you? I love the fact that this story leads with a Newsweek poll that says that 46% of Americans would support him for president. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, like, okay. All right. I, I want to see those numbers either hold or increase after Black Adam. And then, you know what? Launch the campaign. Let's do this. Like, let's do this. Um, I think it's pretty fun. Although I also have to keep in mind, like, he would have to give up a lot of the money he makes from all the different stuff he's in. That's a tough call. Maybe once he's made yeah. a certain amount, he would feel good with it. I, I don't know. I mean, hey, the rock is the rock. And I'm just some guy talking about him. So. <laughs> I get a kick out of it, and I love that it's happening on Legends of Tomorrow because those guys have the most fun. Um, if there is a show I will always keep up with, it is that one because it's my daily, it's my weekly dose of comedy. Like, I am guaranteed to chuckle my butt off every time, and uh, this season is no joke. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I, I'm going to leave it at that because chuckling uh, is something that you can keep doing as we talk about our next story which is Teen Titans Go, the upcoming crossover that they're going to have with the uh, DC superhero girls. And the fact that both Marv Wolfman and George Perez are scheduled to appear in an upcoming episode. What do you think about this, Brad? I love this idea. <laughs> uh, you know, I it makes me kind of wish I was more familiar with Teen Titans Go. I did see Teen Titans Go to the movies, but that's the kind of the only... Um, my only exposure because I always kind of wrote it off as too much of a kid show, but this episode I might have to watch because I hope they get kind of meta with it and that they, they play themselves because they're, you know, when I think of the teen Titans, I kind of, you know, the, they, de those two names definitely come up in some of the best creative teams that worked on the book. So I think that's a hilarious idea. Um, and I think it's also something for the parents of the kids who watch it, too, who may have read it when they were growing up. So, yeah, that should be a fun, fun episode. Uh, what about you? There's so much fun about this story from Wolfman, who's like, yeah, I mean, even when you look at the show, the, the characters, they're, they're still in character. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a great thing for Wolfman to say. But also, I love the idea that when they're appearing... They're basically going to be, uh, what is it? They're they're pitching an idea for the new Teen Titans in 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, I, I sort of love these different things that, you know, um, can go with it. I think there could be a lot of fun there. So I just really got a kick out of this story. It made me chuckle. May 29th. Yeah, man, this is something that you know, clips that I would see always made me laugh. But sitting down full time for it uh, was never something I invested in. But this this right here could be the bait that uh, I say, I don't care if I'm getting hooked. I don't care. I want it. I'm biting it. Call me a fish. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, for me, it's just, as you suggested, also a great opportunity for them to have a lot of fun, go a little meta, 
you know, maybe suggest the fact that, you know, basically we created you. Hi, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> more fun to be had there, including the fact that, as Brad has been saying, he says it, man, he says it every time we have a great story, which is why it's so much fun for me to think about this. It is an amazing time to be a DC Comics fan. And one of the newest projects that I'm excited about that we've talked about recently on episodes is uh, the upcoming project Sweet Tooth and a great conversation with Robert Downey Jr. And, um, oh, goodness, I'm totally blanking on his wife's name and uh, totally lost it. I want to say Stephanie. I'm probably wrong. But uh, got a chance to see a little bit of the clip that they're referring to, which is a Netflix sort of teaser just talking about his thoughts and what they thought about it and in the process what we can kind of learn more about uh, Sweet Tooth and the world this story is going to uh, cover. Uh, nope, Susan Downey. That's her name. Ah, I found it. I can feel better. Okay, so yeah, there's this great little clip on Netflix you can check out. There's a lot of great info. And uh, I got a name right, so I'm going to shut up for a minute and pass it off to Brad. Brad, what do you think about this story? You know, one thing that, that um, jumped out at me more than anything else about this story was the fact that they wanted to see this as a series that you could cuddle up with your kids in front of the TV and kind of watch together. I find that very interesting because the the series was not a kid series. It was, you know, it was Vertigo. There was, you know, there was there was a lot going on, let's just say that. So that intrigues me on kind of what changes they're going to make so yeah it just makes me kind of definitely more curious and excited to see this first uh, episode and it looks like we don't have that long to wait it's going to be on june 4th so it's coming up uh what about you i think it's awesome that uh it's coming up so soon great note for anybody checking their calendars uh yeah <laughs> check it out you're gonna enjoy this um and I'm also now curious because of what you just you know pointed out also, which is the fact that they wanted this to be a cuddle up on the couch with your kids kind of project. And not all the material in that series. I mean, he's a cute kid and it's great that there's this wonderful, you know, uh, bond that's formed with Jeopard. But yeah, there's some other material in there that's quite dark and it'll be interesting to like how much of that do they elude? Does it is it just left to shadows and hints? You know what I mean? Off camera stuff, things like that, where you can you can almost uh, avoid the the darker by allowing the imagination or the suggestion to simply be enough. Kind of walk that line. I think it's always an interesting challenge, and I, I'm curious now that you've uh, highlighted that. Like, oh yeah, how are they going to pull that off? Because you know it, it's a little dark. <laughs> There's some you know, and as you mentioned, vertigo. So. Interesting points to, you know, consider just uh, when it comes to that. With that, I move us over to the fact that we've got some really great art announcements regarding the uh, Wonder Girl number one featuring Yara Floor. And um, Brad, I was listening to an episode, man, and I happen to know you've got a bit of crush on this character. Not going to I'm not going to say that it's sustained. Maybe it was a flash in the pan. Maybe it was short term or maybe it's still, you know there what do you think about this story you know um real quick before i jump into that um before we jump into comic book news there is also another little bit of news 
that we should mention uh, real quick, and it's about the Peacemaker series. Uh, we realized that that got uh, James Gunn said that that's going to be coming out in January of oh, uh, I totally jumped over. Yep. Oh, that's I okay. Just that's swiped good, my screen and yeah. totally. Yeah, folks, I totally tried to dive into a bunch of stuff uh, <laughs> about comic book news and totally lost my grip. Yeah, man. Um, elaborate if you would, my friend. Just that, yeah, uh, James Gunn was asked a question, when can we expect the series? And he just responded with January 2022. So that is going to be uh, not too much longer to wait after we see Suicide Squad. And I love that idea, too, because I love being excited for things in January, because January is kind of that time where not a lot of stuff gets released. So it's good to have that to look forward to in the winter. So. Yeah, the, the sooner the better. Well said, well said. Uh, you know, I mean, new starts, new beginnings, and yeah, it's not a traditional time to uh, have new stuff come out. This is what happens when you have a hungry belly, folks. You get distracted, you miss stuff. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. It's okay. And it also reminds me that before we shift out uh, was the fact that uh, a, a little milestone passed recently in the fact that it's been 10 years since Smallville uh, the series ended and we, we recently had a suggestion of maybe that um, title character actor appearing in a uh, team up with the uh, Pattinson Batman. But keeping in mind the fact that the show just ended 10 years ago and Brad was curious if you had any thoughts, reflections, uh, anything to share regarding the, uh, the passing of that time since it last was on air. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing to look back on how much has changed. Um, back just 10 years ago when Smallville uh, ended, uh, a superhero TV show was kind of a novel thing. And, and now look where we are. So I, I think in a lot of ways, Smallville kind of blazed the trail for what we have now with all the CW shows and things like that. And I... And I, I and I hate to to bring up negative news, but it's there is a little bit of a tarnish to the legacy and the fact that what has happened with Allison Mack and what's coming out about Nexium. But the show itself was was groundbreaking, and I don't think that we would have, you know, like the Arrowverse, you know, that we that we have now if not for Smallville. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think you, uh, you know, you brought to light a couple of really great points. One, the fact that it was the precursor, you know, it was the predecessor and it it, it suggested to a lot of people like done well, uh, a series about a superhero can last for as long as it did. I remember um, for the short time I was living in Hollywood and while I was there, everywhere you went, there were these giant billboards for the first episode where he's got the marking on the chest and he's up on the pole kind of like a scarecrow and you couldn't you couldn't turn your head without seeing one of those and uh you know this really fun feeling of like wow um you know superman looks cool he looks like you know wholesome and honest but he also has this great edge to him and it, it was like you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing the song save me um yeah. you know it was really a cultural experience for a lot of people and then yeah as you pointed out there were some unpleasant things that that 
came to light some really dark and disturbing things, you know, regarding Allison Mack, Nexium. Um, you always want to, you always want to imagine things the way that you experience them. And that just puts a, a different sort of lens, a filter on what it's like to look back at this show. Uh, but I also feel that you pointed out, you know, the great thing, which is that without it, you know, things like the Arrowverse wouldn't have been possible, wouldn't have been as likely. And that the timing for it is crucial to everything that we're enjoying now. You know, it was one of those things that sustained uh, so much of the interest in superheroes. So I, I'm a big fan about it. I'm so glad that you caught our attention with that quick reminder about James Gunn. It also reminded me about this quick moment milestone to reflect on. And now we're going to take that ad break and then we'll switch on over to comic book news. I promise. Maybe I'll eat something so my belly stops rumbling. I promise that's not always enough time. What are you going to do? Enjoy the ads. We'll be back. We've got comic book news coming your way. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNEWS35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com First there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bub, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. 
Mmm, educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And just like that, we are back. You're listening to DC Comics News, the weekly podcast. If you've been listening all the way through, you heard me almost jump us out of television and streaming for Brad Barr's back, caught us up on the James Gunn story, a little reflection on, uh, on a classic series like Smallville. And now that gives us an opportunity to shift things into the comic book news. And yeah, back to it, man. Um, Wonder Girl. What's your thoughts on the announcement that we've got Jen Bartel and an amazing list of artists lining up for the milestone number one issue? Uh, I can't, I can't wait for, uh, for this issue. Uh, she, you know, like, uh, like you mentioned my crush on a fictional character. Um, but yeah, I, she was just my favorite part of future state. I think her, her, series was so much fun and i love the art and now that we're getting a full series i love these alternate covers uh this may be my favorite story this week um so yeah this is this might be one of the more anticipated comics of the year for me uh what about you well, I mean, this article, uh, it, it's got that lovely one from Jim Bartell with her horse, which is just uh, just gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous. And all the rest are phenomenal. Uh, the uh, the Kendrick Lim, ooh, I mean, both versions. Joelle Jones covers, like all of them are, are amazing. And yeah, this is a great series. That character was phenomenal. When she showed up, there was so much fun to be had with her. Um, from the way she drinks in the middle of the day to whether she hangs out with gods later and so much different possibilities. And I love her heart. I love that tenacity that just, you know, head down, get out of my way or, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do something to you. Like, I, I love that fury and that passion. And this is a character you get excited for. And I, I got a feeling a lot of people are going to be getting at least two of these covers, maybe more. Brad, I'm not going to ask you how many covers you're getting. <laughs> not going to tell you how many covers I'm getting. Everybody gets their own decision on the covers. However, <laughs> the fun thing is it does allow us to then shift gears and talk about the fact that we've got some news about a comic that 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 sounds like it's something that could be pleasant. But if you know your horror, if you know your genre, then something like The Nice House on the Lake is actually probably not nice. And maybe that's why it's boasting over 100,000 pre-orders. What did you think about this news and uh, the information that goes along with it, Brad? You know, uh, it's kind of like the perfect storm because we all know that uh, James uh, Tinian is an amazing horror writer. So it's got that going for it right out of the gate. And it's got such an enigmatic title, The Nice House on the Lake. You know, like, why is it a nice house? Why is it, you know, what is going on? And there's just a lot of mystery around it. And the covers that we've seen are kind of also, you know, picks the curiosity. And I like the, 
the, the girl buried up to her nose in water and skeletons. So, yeah, I mean, I I totally get why there's a buzz about this. Uh, and I think that maybe the buzz is even more than what DC anticipated it was going to be. So I'm sure that's that's great news uh, for them. Uh, what about you? I'm going to say it time in this time. Who knows if I'm right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Steve uh, might yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got me with something is killing the children. That was yep. my first sort of experience with his horror. And I'm, I'm so like uh, I recently got the, the one variant you got if you got the two berserker issues. And I didn't care. Like it, it was just so much fun to like see another take uh loved what he's done with those characters love the concept that we've already kind of mentioned about nice house on the lake hundred thousand pre-orders definitely sounds like uh a milestone uh something we're celebrating and i think you're right i don't know if dc really anticipated this i i, I think it's going to be a little bit of a surprise for them and i think it's safe to say that there's probably going to be like at least two or three reprints maybe mm-hmm. five i i don't know for sure but uh hey I think it's going to be really fun and love the excitement around a uh, horror series, something DC has been nailing as well, you know, whether it's Hill House or others. Um, it's it's definitely something that they've been putting together in a really impressive way. Something else that I've enjoyed is some of the new characters that have come out recently from things like the Joker War. And one of them who is getting uh, a, uh, a solo little spin out is the character known as the Clown Hunter. What do you think about the story, Brad? I like this idea a lot. And it's kind of cool that it also includes Punchline, keeping in mind that these are characters that are now pretty high profile. And, you know, a, a year ago or maybe a little more, we didn't even know who these characters were. So that just kind of goes to show exactly how much has been going on in the Batman titles, that these are, you know, kind of household names at this point to a lot of Batman readers. So I think that's that's kind of cool and there is a lot of cool new batman characters so yeah i'm looking forward to reading this uh what about you i think this is a great call um i think also just with the the recent sort of awareness to the great stories that can be told um for different perspectives you know um clown hunters uh alter ego is bow fam and you know whether you're someone who's had the chance to uh check out like uh other history or the recent um, festival celebration books. Um, there's been some really cool stories that have recognized just uh, what a great viewpoint can be offered from some really amazing uh, characters. And I think Balfam is a great example of that. I, I love the appearance in the uh, Batman stories. I think this is a, a great addition on the bat. I mean, both of these characters basically came from Tynan, right? Um, you know, on top of it, uh, you know, the fact that having him have this clearly uh, superior, in my mind, uh, nemesis right now, which is Punchline, who's been plotting at this for a long time compared to a kid who's just mad. Uh, it, it seems like the odds are against him, but it seems like that's just the way he wants it. And the kid fights dirty. And I think this could be really great. Um, really great thing to enjoy. I know it's going on my list. That's just happening. I'm OK and- with that. And it's interesting that his origin is similar to Batman's and how a similar experience can put people on 
two different paths. So that's that could be something fun to to examine in the story as well. Totally agree. Like uh, it's one of those great things to just sort of like keep in mind as far as the whole framework. It's like, oh, yeah. And keeping in mind the fact that original characters are something we are talking about. Why not just move our discussion right into the fact that Batman 108 has sold over 200,000? Many thanks given to the full-fledged debut of Miracle Molly, yet another new character joining the universe. Brad, what do you think about this story? Yeah, here we go. Here's another character that we, you know, had no idea about a year ago, and now it's selling, you know, two thousand k just because it's her real full-fledged debut. Uh, and that number is great to see because you hear a lot of people saying that nobody buys comics anymore and they hardly sell and you know but this two 200k is a pretty uh, pretty decent sized number these days in comics so it's good to see that people are still getting out to the comic shop so yeah come on people what are you waiting for buy some comics <laughs> what about you not only that but it sounds like uh Tynan's saying that there's even more information that's going to be coming out about his as he calls it batline um later this month (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like man well what else could there be but if it's going to be more characters like that well i I think people should be really excited for it and i also love the fact that you can expand the universe this way you know that there's this to me it seems like an explosion of new characters uh occurring so i i love the way that they are and I, i think it's a great suggestion for the interest, because as you also point out, like, man, 200,000, that's a huge number. That's a that's a number that people should be looking at, paying attention to. And I say basing some decisions on because, yeah, it certainly uh, flies in the face of that argument that people aren't buying comics anymore. Um, my bank account would argue otherwise. And mm. I know some of you listening and those of you who usually appear with us will agree For our final comic book story, we have some Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow spoilers thanks to a DC Comics preview. Brad, what do you think about this? This could be a really cool story. Uh, I like the idea that, um, you know, she's kind of lost purpose, you know, because she was sent here to watch over her cousin who really doesn't need the watching over. So, you know, she's kind of a bit aimless and all of a sudden you know this little girl wants her to help seek revenge because kind of what happened to her happened to supergirl with losing you know her planet and everything like that so it it sounds like it could be a really um uh, not necessarily psychological but a good character study and could have a lot of character development for supergirl as we kind of get into this infinite frontier era of dc so yeah this this is another one i'm looking forward to uh what about you man you you had me at tom king like as soon as i saw he was doing this and especially after i saw the great stuff that i absolutely loved from the future state story which was to me i mean Kara was god it was it was really beautiful and touching and it it suggested all of these great possibilities for that she can embark on I mean, there's an interesting thing to consider here, which is there's what she was supposed to do. And now there's the freedom of knowing that that's not what she has to worry about anymore. And on top of it, she's not even going to be the successor. Like Clark has clearly named his son Jonathan as the next to take over. So what does she do? Where does she go? Well, 
that's a journey that I can see someone like Tom King really embracing. Um, love what he's been doing with the journey of different characters, whether it's uh, Mr. Miracle, whether it's the more recent like Rorschach, Strange Adventures, Batman, Catwoman. Like he he does this amazing thing. Oh, God. And he recently did that Superman one, um, you know, that that short series. So this is an eight issue maxi series where I think he can do a lot of great stuff. And I love what you suggested, the idea of helping this child who's been in a similar situation, who's from an alien planet, from another planet, thus making her an alien in the eyes of people from Earth. And also through that, potentially not only developing both of those characters, but also using that as a way for Kara to remember all the things she experienced as um, someone who was younger, had ideas about who she was supposed to be and what she wanted. And just look at the character when she first appeared to now. She's clearly evolved. So I think this is, uh, you know, a great story. Um, I love what it's going to be offering. I, I'm going to admit it. It's probably already on my list. If it isn't, it will be after I get off this uh, chat. <laughs> and I have no shame in that. I have no guilt because also that's our last comic story, which means we get to shift gears and talk about some stuff on the video game news, which is definitely not in my uh, realm. But that's why we have Brad Felicki here. Brad, with the first one, Fortnite is offering a Beast Boy skin. Now, that alone could potentially draw me in, but if it doesn't, like, what did you think about it? Uh, you know, given the success of the Batman Fortnite comic, it seems like people are really digging it. So DC is kind of hitting the iron while it's hot with getting more characters into the game. And it's kind of cool that it followed up. Um, there had been a Raven skin before, so it's, you know, like everybody loves those two. So it, it kind of makes sense continuing on with the Titans theme to have Beast Boy be next. So I'm sure down the road we'll get um, a Cyborg skin, Starfire, you know. So, uh, and it's just using Fortnite to get, kids into comics i think is is brilliant because fortnite is huge with kids and it's a perfect way to expose them to the characters and get them to you know head into a comic shop and like we always like to say read more comics so i think it's a win-win situation for fortnite and for dc oh what about you definitely a win-win and that Batman Fortnite series, I mean, we were talking about it last episode and the sales and the ridiculousness of it. Or was that the episode before? One of the two. Either way, we were talking about it. The crossover has been unbelievable. Uh, the, the book's actually quite good. You know, I was a little surprised, but I, you know, I was reading a story for uh, an episode of the Spinner Rack and the first issue impressed me. You know, a lot of great concepts in there. I like the way it uses the detective side. And then I loved in a recent issue where a character starts doing the dancing and it's clearly one of the skins that they've incorporated into Fortnite. But I just started laughing because it was like, ah, apparently they've fallen victim to the dancing. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. sort of love some, you know, uh, conscientious uh, storytelling in there and some fun perspective. And I, I totally agree with you, man. Like if you can get more people interested in comics just through little crossover things like that, then yes, DC Strike while the iron is hot. Make your imprint, guys, and get them early. Get them often. Bring them in droves. We're here. We've got comic books for you. We've got stories to tell you, and we've got one more. 
And that is another video game story for you about how superhero, DC superhero girls has a team power preview. Brad, what do you think about the, uh, the preview and, you know, what they're talking about regarding this game? You know, I, this seems like a really cool game because um, it, it, it's looking like it's uh, a cool, simplified intro for a younger audience into the mechanics of role-playing video games. So it's if you know if you happen to be a parent that's into RPGs, then this is the perfect game to help introduce your kids to it. And also, it mentions in the um, the article that you know, like parents and adults will find fun things about this too. So I yeah, I think this should be fun, and I think that the Switch is the perfect console for it because I think that definitely the Switch has the appeal to kids so it definitely makes sense that they're going to release it on the switch so yeah i think this could be uh, this could be really cool i'm i'm intrigued i i may very well just play this game after all so yeah uh, i i'm digging it uh what about you uh, i love the fact that you brought up a point that i was curious about which is the uh, nintendo switch exclusive factor of the game and and how that contributes to uh you know the choice I think the game, you know, the, the video that we saw looked awesome. It looked really fun. I loved Batgirl and, like, the hoodie with the ears and little stuff like that. And, and the way that they sort of avoid people, like, noticing them by, like, doing things to make them dance and then running by while they're, like, it had some really cute elements to it. Great introduction of the characters. Um, and, you know, just reading through the synopsis that you were describing, you know, the fact that you get to explore Metropolis, that the parents are going to love the Easter eggs, and it's got a really fun storyline that I think for everybody, it should be a lot of fun. Not only that, but it appears there's also like a VR mode. So, you know, what, what's your uh, what's your preference? Go ahead and enjoy um, the video, the screenshots. All of it looks like a delight. And I don't know, man, there could be a point where I just break down and buy all these systems because all the games we keep talking about are just so good and when they're adorable like this like how do you say no that's the argument i'm going to use when i'm trying to convince my partner like hey honey honey come on how can you say no (laughs) with that that's our final story and despite me trying to cut off here there and drop some we got them all brad thanks for your help with that man i couldn't have done it without you you know folks are going to want to maybe follow up with you ask some questions you know talk to you just you know follow you where where you where do you want to let them know where to go uh, you can find me writing news reviews for DC Comics News. You can also find me on the Mad Love uh, Harley Quinn podcast, part of the incredible DC Comics News podcast network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And where can people find you? You can find me hanging out with this amazing guy apparently each and every week, uh, <laughs> at least for the last three in a row. We hope we're not too sick of us. And if you are. Trust me, we'll just use that as leverage to make sure everybody else shows up with us and we all get to have what we want out of this one. Um, Man, you can find me here for uh, the weekly podcast, hosting the Spinner Rack, hanging out while we talk mad love. You can find me writing reviews for DC Comics News. And yeah, you know, come say hey. Um, Let's see. Keep in mind, if you're subscribed now, you already know what I'm about to say, but if this is your first visit and you like what you're hearing, you want to catch this, all the great stuff that's been suggested in our ads, whether it's uh, 
I Am the Night, whether it's Mad Love, whether it's the new DC and After Dark on YouTube. Subscribe. Find us on your favorite platforms. Follow. Make sure you never miss out. And, of course, let us know what you're thinking. You can tell us your thoughts all the time. Uh, pick your social media platform from Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at capital B, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, we know what you're thinking, what you want us to hear, and we can go ahead and have a great conversation with you. And with that, we come to the end of episode number 118. I'd like to thank my amazing host, Brad Felicki. You've been the man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, (laughs) Chip. Um, With that, we always have one last reminder that Brad sort of teased earlier, but if you're a regular, you know what it's going to be. And that is to always read, read (laughs) (laughs) more (laughs) comics. (laughs) Night, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. We'll catch you next time. Bye, Zs.